Hi everyone, welcome to the Resident on Earth podcast, the podcast for the curious being who wants to learn and grow. I'm Jana Zokos, certified life coach, yoga instructor, nature lover, living a slow life in the English countryside. In this podcast, I want to bring in reflections, lessons and tools that have supported me and still do to help you live a courageous, authentic and fulfilled life. My hope is to plant tiny seeds of awareness so that we all might grow and evolve collectively. Thank you so much for being here with me. Let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode. Thank you very much for being here with me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm always, always very grateful. So um, today... I'm going to talk about self-love in a way. So there are so many ways we can go about this. Um, Today I've been thinking of talking about self-love, exploring this concept by thinking of what self-love is not. So let's explore this and let's see how that goes. Sometimes by knowing what something is not, we can start to get an idea of what it is, of what it could be. So we can start to give it a shape. So first of all, I like to think that self-love is one of the antidotes to a lot of our self-created mental and emotional suffering. But like any concept, we can misunderstand and misuse self-love. So I want to talk about what happens when we get self-love confused. And I'm going to explore with you how we can think of self-love by knowing and understanding what I think it's not. So when we first approach this idea of self-love, when, me, when maybe we start talking and working and playing around with this concept, the first thing that might happen very often is resistance. And this can show up as unconscious, re- unconscious resistance or also conscious resistance. This can show up as um, a roll of the eyes and can show up as thinking of it as foolish superficial or even self-indulgent. So there is this misconception of thinking that self-love is stupid or even dangerous. Very often when this happens, because we are raised in a society that doesn't know what self-love even is. And I believe it's at, at the bottom of every social change where where this comes from the deep understanding that you are worth more than what the culture, the dominant culture has told you, and that you are actually not inferior like you've been taught. So I really believe that the base of every revolution, there is this deep understanding. And I am not saying that self-love is the only thing that drives a revolution. There is so so many more components to that. But this is taking also space into that. So when we talk about these kind of concepts, we can intellectually understand them. So I can intellectually believe that I am good enough. I can intellectually know that there is nothing wrong with me. But sometimes there is no congruence. It's missing this alignment between um, knowing that and believing that, but also how I show up according to that. And this is because intellectual understanding, the intellectual belief, it's there. But if we haven't done the deep rewiring, then all of these original socializations are still impacting our brain. We live in a society that is very critical of of almost anyone. 
And this, without even us realizing, can show up in our day-to-day -day life as well. So we are socialized. I'm going to start with number one. We are socialized with a bunch of ideas about how self-love can give us um, a range of bad outcomes, can create a sort of bad outcomes for us. And one of these is arrogance. So when, when we think of someone loving themselves, we very often think of how arrogant that is. And especially as a woman, we are socialized to be humble, to be quiet, to be respectful, to be polite, and so on. There is so much more I can add to that. And when someone refuses this sort of messages, this comes up as arrogance. Sometimes um, wanting to do and to say what you want can very often come, come up as arrogant without the need to constantly justify the value to other people and also to justify your worth to the audience of critics in our brain. So most of the time, our idea of arrogance is so wrapped that it's actually just basic self-acceptance and self-respect. And when this shows up, very often it's seen as arrogance. And also what comes out from this is thinking that when someone loves themselves, when, when I love myself too much, I am not able to see my flaws. And this is so real. I've actually experienced that when I was a young child, or even a young teenager. I've had adults in my life saying that, and I've heard that. And two things here. First of all, who decides what the flow is? Like, really think about that. What does it even mean, flow? And I want to invite you to think, when you think about the flows that you believe you have, where did you get these ideas? Who told you that that was a thing about you and that that was a flow? Did the person who told you that see you in a positive regard or were they already very critical of you? Or did you just absorb this from a society that is critical of almost anyone? So what, so what are these flows? So I shouldn't like myself too much, then I won't see what, that I'm lazy, that I'm selfish, that I talk too much, that I am too much. So what is it? So even like defining this too much is very important for me, even when, when we, how many times we heard, oh my God, they like themselves too much. What does it even mean? What does it mean to like yourself too much? So um, think about someone you love and respect and, and you think is a, is a great person. And if they say something that indicates that, that, that they like themselves, do you immediately worry that that must mean that they don't see their flaws enough? You only think about that if you're already fixated on their flaws, if your focus is their flaws. So this whole concept of we won't be able to see our flaws very clearly mm, is very questionable. And then on top of that, what does it matter? Like, why do we need to be constantly aware of all our flaws at every moment? This is so exhausting. And it is even really, and is it even really necessary? And I think that the whole reason we think it's important to be conscious of our flaws all the time is because we've been taught this idea that if we like ourselves, we will become narcissistic and self-obsessed. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because actually when we are overly critical of ourselves, this is when self-obsession comes, to be honest. When we constantly think of ourselves, when we are 
thinking of what we said, how we said it, if it is right, if it's uh, I'm doing a good enough job, uh, or if my boss is liking me, etc., etc. This is actually so um, self-directed attention. And sometimes, very often, I've seen when people like themselves, when people are um, loving themselves, very often they don't even think about themselves and they have the capacity and the space to think of other people. Then the second stage of this, so this is one, thinking of self-love as dangerous and stupid and as superficial. So this is number one. And you see how these two things being selfish and dangerous are very opposite qualities. And now here very well they can coexist. So that's really interesting. If something is dangerous, can be stupid and, and vice versa. So let's move to misconception number two. So when we start approaching these ideas, we start to treat self-love as a goal. And not only that, we want to practice self-love in a perfect way. Like it's a complete fantasy where self-love has to be perfect because when self-love is perfect, this means that we won't feel bad again. And the fact that we are experiencing quote-unquote negative emotions means that our self-love is not done perfectly. So there is this misconception into thinking that self-love will save me from the human experience. And these emotions can be emotions like misery, like sadness, like sorrow, grief, and so on, all these ranges of emotions. And what happens, the misconceptions that happens is that with perfect self-love, I won't feel this anymore. So this is what's happened, this misuse of the concept of self-love as something that is going to save me from my own human experience. So self-love is not going to save me from feeling um, all, quote-unquote, these negative emotions that feel uncomfortable. But what can happen differently is how we respond to these moments, how we respond to these emotions and sensations. And number three, very related to that, is that self-love becomes a goal. And once you get on top of the mountain, that's where you're going to stay forever. And obviously that is not true because self-love, it's a relationship that we have with ourselves. And creating this loving relationship with yourself takes time. And it's not a one and done, and it's not a destination you get to. But it's a crucial element, it's a very supportive element for a content and fulfilled life because the relationship with yourself is the longest relationship you're going to have. And as so having the relationship be mostly positive and be like any other relationship where sometimes there is conflict or sometimes there is insecurity and there is loneliness, but you know how to deal with that. This is where I think the, um, the support comes from. It's how we respond. So we're not going to run away from any any any. Mm, emotions that we don't want to experience, we still are going to experience that because we are humans. And what changes is how we respond to that. And it's how we repair and build this trust again with ourselves. And all of that is what helps us and supports us to being able to navigate this life and maybe becomes a more enjoyable ride of this human experience, even though it is a human experience that comes with these challenges and with these obstacles and with these difficulties. 
And this is, I guess, this is this is it. This is all I wanted to say. And again, I'm going to repeat the three points, the three, let's say, let's call them myths about self-love. And number one is loving yourself is dangerous or stupid, foolish. Number two is building this idea that the perfect self-love would make me escape from the human experience, would make me uh, avoid having certain emotions. And myth number three is thinking that perfect self-love is a destination that we should be able to reach, where self-love is actually a relationship to yourself. So it's a constant relationship, it's a constant journey, it's a constant process. And, and it can be a very nice, gentle and slow process. So yes, this is it for today. Let me know what you think and let me know if you relate to this, if, um, if you have something that you'd like to add and let me know your thoughts. If you have any questions, mm, I would be more than happy to, um, to get back to you. My email is hello at joannazorkas.com. If you enjoyed this episode or this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me so, so much to grow the podcast. And yes, I guess this is it for today. Remember to trust yourself love yourself and speak kindly to yourself.